Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. And the Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl 57 champions. Chiefs! The Eagles last night, 38-35 off the foot of none other than Harrison Butker. What a Super Bowl to start off um, the show. Before we get into either team, just a phenomenal football game. I'm not for sure if you're a third party in that Super Bowl last night. If you're just a football fan watching that game, how you could possibly have hated that. Um, Yeah, there was some, you know, there was a call at the end. But outside of that, I thought it was a very well-officiated game. I thought the game had a good flow, given how long the Super Bowl normally is. Both teams are putting up a lot of points. Both teams' defenses, I would say, underperformed. And it was a night of the quarterback. And the best quarterback to have ever played the sport of football came out victorious in the end. Patrick Mahomes battling through injury, battling a decent charge from the Philadelphia Eagles in the first half for sure. There were definitely some points at that time where I did not feel very comfortable. And being down 10 at halftime was certainly an uncomfortable feeling, but... We go back to this time and time again, Johnny and Blaine, as they join me today on the Victory Monday Super Bowl edition. First one ever for the pod, by the way. But we go back to this every single week, and this Chiefs franchise, fan base, team, they all feel like there is a chance if 15 is on the field. That felt like the smallest 10-point margin when the Chiefs came out in the second half and went on one of the most methodical drives of the entire season. And that just speaks to the greatness that is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid to come out down 10 backs against the wall and respond right away. And from that point on the second half was never the same. Um, The chiefs defense at the end of the day made one more stop than Philly's defense. And that proved to be the difference. Let's hear from the boys. I know they're buzzing like we are, or excuse me, like I am. Who do you think you guys are? I am Super Bowl champions. Johnny, we'll start with you, buddy. How you doing? It's like one of the best days of my life. It's up there with when my son was born and uh, getting married and the other Super Bowl, the Royals World Series. I'm a big sporting KC fan. So it's like these are when they won MLS Cup, like these are all bunched together. Uh, Kansas, you know, I'm a Kansas fan and like they won the national championship in basketball and then the chiefs just won this. Like, I'm just, you know, what's crazy guys is I, 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 I have all these notes that I took and cause I have, you know, so many thoughts on this game. I wanted to at least get some sort of organization in capital letters and underlined at the top of my notes. It says these words, I am in my fairy tale. Like I'm, I'm seriously living my fairy tale that I, I, I dreamed of, dreamt of when I was a child, like when it comes to sports for so long, I just dreamt of the chiefs being relevant because the chiefs fans have always had that passion. They always showed up for their team. And there were so many years, so many demons that surrounded this team. So many uh, years of promise that ended up, you know, ending in heartbreak. And I cannot believe who are quarterback is and who our head coach is and how how well run our organization is you know this is like I feel I say fairy tale because I feel like I'm living like a story of good versus evil I talked about this after the Bengals game but like the Bengals were the bad guy 
the the Chiefs were the good guy and the Bengals were the bad guy who kept getting the best of us. And we ended up conquering the bad guy. And the Phillies were the 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 Philly fans and, and the Eagles were the bad guy in this one too. And Mahomes is like this folk war hero that like all the other soldiers can look to and get inspired. And they can accomplish things that seem like no one else could ever accomplish. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is playing on a high ankle sprain, guys. Like that's a that's a big deal, and he's doing all of the uh, all of this amazing stuff uh, with so much adversity, and a, a, a roster that you know is not as talented as as their opponents most of the time, and, and it doesn't matter. And I, you know, like I, there's this scene in the Patriot, the movie with Mel Gibson, where you know. Uh, they think that they're done and the British are going to take them and they're charging over the hill. And then Mel Gibson's, you know, charges back up the hill and he's yelling, you know, uh, with the American flag and he plants the American flag down and all the other soldiers run up there and then they end up winning the battle. And I know that's a very, very out there uh, stretch of a comparison, but I mean this when I say this, I, I am so, and you guys are the same way. I am so emotionally invested in the Kansas city chiefs that that's what I feel and I'm and where they're at as a franchise and who the players are and where they're going as a franchise makes me cry. Like it makes me cry because it, it brings me so much joy. And some people might think that's silly, um, but I, I love this team so much. I'm so thrilled that we have this podcast to talk about them and what a way to end the season with a Super Bowl championship guys. Hell yeah. Very well said. Very well said. Very hard, hard to follow, but I like the route about that all day, Blaine. Sorry. I, that's just, I, 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 you don't have to cry. Like I just kind of did just, it's just, you know what I'm saying though? Yeah. Like, you know, hundred percent shame and crying. Uh, Absolutely should. And that's just like, you know, a different route for me is more on just like the culture. Like I feel, yes, my emotions are in it, but like I'm in it because like, the Kansas City Chiefs are kind of a replication of Kansas City and the people of the Midwest and like the values or the attitudes and every play in Philly was just an ultimate. Like I loved beating those scumbags so much to win it. And it was awesome to see it all come out. And, you know, Nick Sirianni on the sideline and Jalen, you know, just the the way the Chiefs do things and have done things for four, five, six years. And we're seeing them draft guys that are the chief way come through and play three years later on big moments, two years later on big moments. It's it's throughout the whole organization. And it's just simply now at the point to where it's established that it's past being like the shining truck that everyone, you just got a cool fucking truck down. Like you're past being that cool new team or that shiny new team. You're just the cool guys in the, in the, in the top of the dog. And you're riding in that thing every day, and it feels really good. I'm less like, ooh, super giddy. I just feel really fucking good because it's really fucking cool that it's worked out the way it's worked out. I kind of know what you mean, Blaine, because, like, obviously, emotions through the roof, insanely happy. But I don't think I'm satisfied. Like, I want to yeah. feel that again. Let's yeah. go do it in a year, not looking too far ahead, but... There's no reason why this team, and we talk about it all the time, can go on an absolute tear, in my opinion. I think that they're, after this season, and teams just tried like hell to beat this Chiefs team and still couldn't do it. Yep. We talked about it, and we'll get into it in the offseason, but there's some AFC teams that could be in hell. And, by the way, we announced that hell is actually Buffalo. So, there's one team (laughs) for sure. There's other teams trending towards Buffalo. 
And um, it's really awesome right now to be a Chiefs fan. Let's get into the game a little bit. What do you say, guys? First quarter. Well, you know, let's just go quarter by quarter real quick. First quarter, um, about what I would expect. Chiefs should have had a 10-7 lead. Uh, I guess we'll start with a negative. My God. And Harrison Butker won us this football game. A little foreshadowing here as we start the first quarter. But, guys, when he marched out there for that kick, I didn't have a lick of confidence. No. I don't know what it was, dude. I didn't think he was going to make it at all, Johnny. What did you think? I, I turned to Emily, and um, I, he came out for the kick. And I turned to her, and I said, I don't have a good feeling about this. And she said, what do you mean? I was like, he's going to miss this. Yeah, She's like, it. oh, you just jinxed him, doink. Yeah. And so uh, I, I, I had the same feeling, guys. It's, that's funny. We all had that weird feeling. I can hear that field goal post. Yeah. Like I can hear it right now that in my head. Like a, <laughs> that wasn't like a tip off of the of the of the goalpost. Like that was the fat part of the ball smacking the fat part of the post, and it boom through the whole damn stadium. You could hear that so clearly on TV. And right there at that point, I didn't necessarily feel great. Um, I don't really know why, because um, at the end of the day, it wasn't that big of a deal. But you just know from being around the sport of football so much, like all three of us have been, that those points in massive games mean so much. I mean, it's just crazy. And uh, so it didn't it didn't feel good. But the Chiefs and the Eagles in the first quarter tied at seven with the Eagles marching. They come out and they dominate the second quarter. Um, thank God that Jalen Hurts fumbled that football. I still don't know how he did or, or, or how that happened. Um, no complaints here, though. Nick Bolton, um, wow! Was, first off, what an unbelievable recover, scoop and score. But, man, let's just have a moment for him. He played lights out last night. Um, his second-half tackling was crazy good. Um, forced the Eagles into some third and longer situations where earlier in the game, a guy like Boston Scott was making guys miss, really, and Kenneth Gainwell, too, miss, making people miss in the open field. McDuffie had a bad missed tackle that ended up, going from like a second and nine to, I believe, a first down, which it should have been about third and five if he makes that tackle. But the second quarter, Philadelphia really kind of showed for a second who the most imp impressive team was in the NFC all season. They kind of ran the ball down our throat. We really didn't have a, a, a plan, in my opinion. It seemed like we were really weathering the storm, which good teams can do that. Really good teams can weather the storm, and we really did. We, we, you know, going into halftime, tied at – or, excuse me, down 10 is kind of weirdly right where the Chiefs wanted us, right? Or right where the Eagles – or, excuse me, right where the Chiefs wanted the Eagles, right, Blaine? I – you know, I, I think you got to make that fucking field goal is what you got to do, Chandler, when you're looking yeah. at it, but – the play, the the really big thing for me in the first quarter, and I'll switch here just a little bit, is that that punt right before we missed the field goal. We could have been down fourteen to seven, and then tried to kick that field goal and been absolutely screwed. Uh -huh. And that you know, just that three and out was was massive. They go down the field and and march after we missed the field goal. But I mean, I, I thought that that punt in itself was huge in the first quarter. Absolutely, that's a good point. I forgot about that, Johnny. What do you think? just your first second quarter thoughts yeah i think well what stood out to me was that the first two the first drive by each team were exactly what we 
what everyone talked about. Like the Eagles get the opening drive and it's their formula. They go down a long play drive, 11 plays, 75 yards, took about five minutes off the clock and then they punch it in for a touchdown. That's exactly what they wanted to do. But then, you know, they, of course, they haven't faced a team like the Chiefs. The Chiefs get the ball back and they just go in, in half the time with the same result. Six plays, 75 yards, took three minutes and put a touchdown up. So it's like the first two, the first drive of each team, it's exactly what both teams wanted to do. And, you know, uh, from there, you know, it's just a game of momentum, right? Three and out for the Eagles, right? We get that, you know, the punt and everything. You guys talked about that. And the Chiefs come down, miss the field goal. And the Chiefs, kind of their story of the entire year, just kind of leaving a little crack for the other team to get some momentum. And, right, you miss a kick when you could have been up uh, 10 to 3. Uh, and then, and really some offensive play calling that wasn't very good leading up to the kick where, you know, you could have been more aggressive. Chiefs are getting nine yards per play on the, every before the kick. And it was a fourth and three and they decided to kick where, you know, I saw some people in the anal analytics community that were saying, well, you need to go for it there, blah, blah, blah. I, I can see what you're saying. And in, in hindsight, I, you know, you wish they would have gone for it and not kicked, but I kind of liked getting the points there in yeah. a big game. So it's like, it, it, it's a long way of saying like I, I the first quarter uh, up into the, the, the field goal went pretty much according to plan. And then the chiefs left the door open for Philly. Then some penalties happened. Um, and yeah, that's, that, those were kind of my thoughts. And of course, going into the, into the half with Mahomes' re-aggravation of the injury felt like kind of a nightmare. I too felt like that drive I was talking about, you know, they went 11 plays, 75 yards, 7-7, seven, seven, Chiefs answer. I mean, that was – I know it started first and 20 when they punted, but that gave me hope throughout the rest of the game. Like, if we need to stop them, we can. Because what was it? I think on first and 20 they ran the ball for a yard. Yeah. And then again and again, I think it was like proof, like, okay, this defense can do this because I didn't think we were stopping a fucking soul after watching Jalen play football that first drive. God damn, he looked good. And kudos to him. I mean, if, take a second right now for Jalen Hurts. He blew me out of the water of how well he played. He out threw Pat, outrushed Pat. But I mean, ultimately didn't make the big plays to win the football game. But if you would have told me that would happen, I would have told you we would have lost 10 times out of 10. Yeah, and he he played incredibly well. I thought that he was a, capable of playing well. I didn't know he was capable of playing that well. But yeah, he had he, the biggest turnover of the whole yep. game. He had yep. the biggest mistake of the entire game, that fumble for six, because I truly don't know if the Chiefs score in the second quarter. They did not look like they had any sort of momentum or any sort of flow, really, after that missed field goal leading into the second quarter. So, I mean, really, Jalen Hurts in the first half kept us in the game. They had a chance to really make it difficult. Um moving forward later on in the game. Uh, Johnny, you got your hand up? Yeah, I want to ask you guys a, a series of questions. Just answer right away, okay? All right. Would you rather have Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Jalen Hurts or Justin Herbert? Justin Herbert. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts or Trevor Lawrence? Mm. Trevor, for me. I think I'm on Trevor, too. I'm just – I'm still not – I'm not 100% on Jalen still, even after that. God, he was good, but I'm still not. Blaine, I think uh, the reason I'm asking that question, and, Ch and Chandler, I, I agree with the – I agree with you on – on. wait, did you say J Justin Herbert or did you say Jalen? I said Jalen just because I hate Justin Herbert. Okay. I think Jalen Hurts is a top five quarterback in the league. 
Wow. After what I saw. Yeah. I would take him over Trevor Lawrence. So I, I think Jalen is, has completely surprised me based off comments I had before the season throughout the early part of the year. Um, he, there's no doubt in my mind that he's worth the the tag. Jalen is what Baltimore has tried tried for years to make Lamar into, or what people have wanted Lamar to develop into, and he's already there now. Lamar is more of a twitchy athlete than Jalen, but Jalen is just as productive of a runner. He's a better decision maker, and yes, that one fumble was a, a great break for the Chiefs. But really, to me, it's it was kind of fluky. It doesn't happen if they don't have a false start the play before that. And so I, I really just think Jalen is poised. The way he speaks and how all he cares about is the locker room is genuine. Um, and I, I, I just, if I'm an Eagles fan, it, it today's awful. It's miserable. But I, if there's any silver lining, is I do think they have the right guy at quarterback there. He, he really impressed me. And, and really, guys, like. For me, if I were to rank top five quarterbacks in the league right now, I was doing this earlier. Here's how it would go. Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Hurts, Allen. I think Jalen I, – I, Chandler brought this up a while ago, and after you know watching some, some film and seeing some stuff, I know people are saying Josh Allen was hindered a little bit by the elbow injury, which he does not have to have off-season surgery on. I just think when you take all things into consideration – Josh Allen makes too many mistakes and is not secure enough with the football for me to trust him more than those other four guys. I think he's otherworldly talented and potentially has like the highest ceiling uh, other than Patrick Mahomes in, in the NFL. But yeah, that was a long way of saying, I, I think Jalen Hurts is a top five quarterback. Yeah, he definitely is. And that was a hell of a throw to AJ Brown. Oh, part of the end zone. Um, and the crazy thing about it, too, is that the Chiefs secondary probably doesn't look great in terms of on paper, but I got to be honest, they played good D. Philly just played better O. Yeah. I thought the whole night guys were in position, and if it wasn't Jalen Hurts making like a pinpoint perfect throw, then the Eagles players were just kind of making a play. Like yeah. Goddard, how many, how many catches did Goddard have? in traffic with a guy draped on him or with his hand on the ball or something like that. I mean, man, he's a hell of a talent. And fun fun fact about him, I played him three times in college. He was the same way as a jackrabbit, guys. He's a stud. So he uh, – he They were really close to making a couple more plays, Chan. They, there was one to Quez Watkins who I think he, he – you know, a, a, a better great player ball. makes the play. It was a great – throw yeah. and then the one that ended up getting overturned to Devonta Smith that that on the sideline right before the half I mean you know they they weren't in the end zone by any means and they still ended up getting three in that scenario but you know there would have been more time on the clock had he caught that ball and they could have been in 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 business there with a chance to get seven before the half so like that's what I'm saying. Before the year, guys, I remember saying stuff like, "Remember when, when I when we were going over all that stuff about how I how how hell bent I was on if you don't have quarterback figured out, it's you're just not going to get there in today's league." And I said, "What ultimately is going to hinder Philly is that I do not think Jalen Hurts is that guy," and he completely proved me wrong. Kudos to him. Yeah, he was really good too. I just impressed. I mean, going over the second quarter, 
after that fumble, when they responded, so fumble touchdown Chiefs tied up 14-14. Then they went 12 plays, 75 yards, two fourth down conversions during that 12 play drive. One not one stupid naughty mistake in a touchdown. I mean, put up 21-14. They had the full momentum. Chiefs punt. They score a field goal before half. I I, I legitimately at half had zero good feelings. I had hope of that drive that we stopped them and made them punt in the first quarter. But I had complete loss of momentum. Not faith. It was back there. But, I I mean, I went and got a pack of cigarettes because I had, uh, to, <laughs> I had to do something. Yeah. That's it. The, the field goal was big to hold them to three to beat yeah. them just ten. I didn't feel good. Rihanna got me back. Um, she got me feeling good. What a performance, by the way. Um, a little break in the show here. Maybe your quick thoughts on the halftime show. I thought Rihanna murdered the halftime show. I forgot, first off, I forgot how many songs she has that are A, popular, but B, just freaking good. And it it gave me a little energy when I needed it. And so shout out to Rihanna for that. You, anybody got anything they want to say about Rihanna for moving to the second half? I mean, wood Bonk. as well. Bonk, yeah. I thought platform, there were times where it was like a little wobbly. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, wow. she's pregnant. What the hell <laughs> yeah. Spinning that woman up in the air like that. It was awesome. There were some times, too, some pretty good shots. You know, she was, you know, kind of spun around the other way, looking back with her hands back there. And I was like, I would love to be a pair of pants on you right now. That would be great. <laughs> wood. Really well said, Johnny. Let's get back to football. Sticking to what we know, the second half, guys, um, what a performance. There's just no other way to describe it. Um, And really, both teams played really well in the second half, in my opinion. But the Chiefs' defense forces a field goal, and that was easily the difference of the football game. Um, The Chiefs' defense bent but didn't break. For the first time in the entire game, and it, like I said, absolute difference maker in this football game. The Chiefs come out of the third quarter, uh, excuse me, of the halftime break, and go on one of the most beautiful, eloquent drives I have ever seen in my life. Uh, Hitting on all cylinders, guys making plays. Um, One guy I want to, we haven't brought up yet. We said he needed 50 yards to win this football game. Isaiah Pacheco, 15 carries for 76 yards and a touchdown, 5.1 yards per carry. That is exactly what we needed. And we said that if we got that, we were going to win this football game. And, man, did that offensive line outperform themselves. I'm just kind of giddy right now, Blaine. Why don't you talk about the offense for a second? I it's a master class, a master. It's one of the best second halves I've ever seen out of Patrick Mahomes. And better yet, I really think Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid, because there was bat, Mahomes threw for one eighty two. We yeah. ran for one fifty eight, and how a majority of that you went on a seventy five yard drive, seventy five yard drive, sixty six yard drive. Balance. I mean, complete total balance. Great call, Pacheco. And being, I'm going to mention him first because he deserves to be mentioned first in this football game in our offense. I, I, I mean, 
glaring, glaring speed than get through the hole. And and I want to say something about our offensive line, too. There was a couple plays where two polars, I mean, they got around the edge. They pushed Hassan Reddick inside, allowed Pacheco to get the edge corner. And really, I mean, it was a master class of using the motion, using misdirection, pulling guards, great running back eyes, Patrick Mahomes and Juju connected. I mean, everywhere you looked, they were they were connecting, converting, and it, insanely efficient. Insanely and for, efficient. And for this big, bad Eagles D-line, only one guy had any sort of day to really talk about. Um, the Chiefs offensive line just completely neutralized these guys, and they didn't really know what to do. Orlando Brown Jr., Andrew yeah. Wiley, are you kidding me? What a performance by the tackles. And the inside guys are so big and so good. Creed is the new best center in the NFL. I'm sorry, Jason Kelsey, I think you're a phenomenal player. But you're old. You don't have as many rings as Creed now, right? Or did he? was he not on the team in 19? That's Creed's first ring. First ring, first he ring. Same amount of rings as him. Creed, you're the <laughs> best center in the foot in the entire sport of football. Um, if I had one gripe though, what was up with his snaps last night? Yeah, they were bad. They were low they were and sideways. Low. I yep. didn't get it, but it obviously ultimately didn't matter. But the Chiefs' offensive line. I mean, listen to some of these numbers from the Philly D line. That was again so big, bad, and physical. Fletcher Cox, borderline Hall of Famer, really good player. One tackle. Cox. Hassan Reddick, one tackle. Josh Sweat, one tackle. Uh, Jordan Davis, no tackles, nothing. And Dominican Sue, nothing. It, and a terrible penalty, too, on Sue, that fuckhead. Yeah. yeah. That legal Wiley. hands of the face on Wiley. Yeah. Just a dirty scumbag player, and Dominican Sue is. Heard he's a really great guy, but I don't care. He's a scumbag today. But that just goes to show the dominance that the Chiefs' offensive line had. And we really, when you think about it, Johnny, we'll get to you here. They had been disrespected all week. I I understand how good Philly's D-line was coming in. And yes, rightfully so, they deserve some credit. But what had the Chiefs' offensive line done outside of a few games here or there where they didn't play well? What did they do to not deserve some sort of, you know, they can neutralize this Philadelphia defensive line, Johnny? Yeah, feel free to rein me in at any point because I'll just be able to talk for hours about the second half performance. It was just amazing. The offensive line obviously took this personally um, with the all the media coverage being about how successful Philly's defensive line was and no talk about our offensive line, which... I had mentioned in our preview podcast is it at going into that game was the number one ranked pass protecting offensive line in the entire league. That ranking is based off of individual success win rate in pass protection. So, um, and that's with Andrew Wiley having a down year, uh, I'd say overall a below average season and Orlando Brown having a slow start to the season. Um, I'll just go left to right. I think Orlando Brown had a great game. I think that the interior was amazing. That's Joe Tooney's third Super Bowl victory. He's been to four of them because he was successful in New England. Creed is the best center in football. It's absolutely ridiculous how good he is in all phases of the game. And if there's actually a, a clip from Brian Baldinger, who does a great job on Twitter, breaking down some some clips, of course, Baldy, former pro, former lineman. Uh, when Mahomes had his long scramble, uh, which was an iconic moment in the many iconic moments of Mahomes' career. 
Um, Creed analyzes the defense and holds a five behind his back with his right hand to Patrick sign- signaling that there's five in the in the box right there, that he's going to have some room. And so he just completely snaps the ball and he s- just stands up Jordan Davis, who's a huge dude. I mean, Creed's a big guy, but Davis is a massive human being. Stands him up completely, turns him to this to to Creed's left side, so Mahomes has a running lane, and then he just goes right up the middle. So that I mean, the communication between those guys is awesome, and for Creed to be a second round pick and a second year player is just just amazing. Keep going, Trey Smith is an absolute beast. He road graded guys when he cut when when they pull him, it's amazing. When they pull him and Tooney, which they did on that third and one play on the final drive where Pacheco got around to the edge, beautiful. And- Beautiful, beautiful play. Um, and then Andrew Wiley at, on the right side had his best game as a chief. His best game I've I've seen. I mean, top to bottom, he was amazing. And I I think he just earned himself because he's out of contract after this season. He just earned himself a, a new contract with the Chiefs with that yep. performance there. And keep in mind, more Brett Veach masterclass. Andrew Wiley is an undrafted player out of Eastern Michigan who was a guard. He's a guard. He's listed on the Chiefs roster on the Chiefs website as a guard. And he's our right tackle. So they they, they did amazing. They took that personally. And what the reason why all of those Philly guys on the D-line have such shitty tackling stats is because the Chiefs got the ball out. They knew it. They knew what Philly wanted to do, pin their ears back and rush. And if you get there, you know, if it's two and a half seconds or more, they're going to get to you. Well, we just got the ball out in a way that we – hadn't been doing so far in the playoffs and so you know that 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 was amazing uh, from the offensive line quickly let me just talk about Pacheco he's inspiring he's inspiring to watch um seventh rounder jersey guy plays like a jersey guy from what I've heard it, d- described as plays his balls off I don't think he'll be able to play like that for his entire career but j- that just comes with the territory of the position but he's doing it great right now and uh, got 5.1 yards per carry and he took some licks, by the way. Dude. Pacheco got nailed by a helmet in the ribs one of those times and didn't get up as fast. And so you'll see more of that probably as we go along. But uh, super, super proud of Pacheco. And I have more I can talk about, but I want don't want to take all of it. Guys, you guys can go. I think that was C.J. Gardner-Johnson that popped him. in Hard after 11-yard gain. Yeah, yep. it was like a, it was one of those ones where Pacheco was like he was fully expecting to truck him, and he got trucked. And that happened in the sport of football, and he, you could tell that he was hurt because, like you said, Johnny, he didn't want to get up as fast as he normally does, which is uh, which is fine. You know, I think that's a good reminder that there are guys out there that can do that. So run harder next time and run his ass over the next time. Blaine, that's a good that's a good way. To, I'm looking like to in the play by play after that after Pacheco got popped, there was 11 yard gain, Juju completion. All defensive offsides, juju completion, juju completion. He had three straight completions there and bang, bang, bang. And that went 30 yards down the field in, at the end of the third quarter to then score and put the Chiefs up 28-27. I mean, that was a phenomenal drive by Pacheco. Started it. Juju finished it. And Patrick, and I mean, what a phenomenal drive. He had to show up. We said that in the pregame. If if Juju, somebody's got to get open other than 87. And Juju yeah. did. And he was that middle guy that, I mean, made this offense go. That Juju holder. played the exact role that we wanted him to play all season. And he has yep. played 
all season, but he executed it to perfection last night. Seven catches for 53 yards. We don't need anything more from Juju than that, in my opinion. We really don't. Um, and we got exactly what we needed from him. And again, the Chiefs, how many of these, how many is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven different receivers caught a ball, and two of them had one catch for a touchdown. That is efficiency with a capital E. It, it doesn't get better. And both of those freaking touchdowns to both those guys, Kadarius Tony to make it 28-27 and Sky Moore to make it 35-27, were wide open. I mean, seriously, I could have made that throw. No doubt. They were wide open. And that just goes to show how awesome Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy were last night. It really is. Johnny? It was a masterclass of scouting and film and finding some wrinkle against a very, a very good defense. At least that was the perception of of them. It's funny. The chiefs face like four number one scoring defenses throughout the year. And afterwards they were not the number one scoring defense anymore uh, after playing the chiefs. And uh, you know, it was just a a masterclass from them on those plays. Like you talked about Chandler and everyone's seen all the coverage of that, but it's just, it, it needs to be said that, the Chiefs, I mean, they had the ball four times in the second half, and that's not a lot of times. Four drives, touchdown, 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 field goal, zero penalties, zero sacks uh, in the whole game, zero negative runs in the second half, and Mahomes was 13 of 14 for two passing touchdowns in that big run in the wow. second half. It's just, it, I mean, it's just incredible when when you look at that kind of thing. Mahomes, you know, everyone was talking about the nine straight Super, nine straight MVPs in the Super Bowl have have ended up losing. Those stats don't apply to Patrick. Like, none of those fucking stats, well, in the history of our great league, blah, blah. Mahomes has broken the league. Just how Steph Curry broke basketball. Like, that, it's, it's, Mahomes has changed everything about this, and it's why he's, he, he already is the greatest. And, and he'll, he's going to go down with all of these great, the greats, Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain. He's going to go down with Tiger Woods. Like, it, these, the, he is right there with Brady, and Brady, t- talent-wise, couldn't he really could can't hold a candle to Patrick? What Patrick can do out there, of course, the the winning and everything, but Patrick, talent-wise, physically, he's so cerebral too. Andy Reid was talking to Peter King, and the play that they that they scored on with Kadarius was called Corn Dog. I'm, you guys have seen that, I'm sure. Uh, it's yeah. hilarious. Uh, the that is a running play, and it every time they run the play. Kadarius does that same motion where he'll motion in and go back out and it's up to the quarterback, whether he's going to throw it or not. And Patrick made the, made the call and like, just right there. It's just like, I know that a lot, a lot of guys do that. There's still some guys in the NFL who can't diagnose a defense. And this guy like didn't know how to do that coming into the league. And it's only been five years. And the only reason he hasn't gone to five straight Super Bowls is because of an overtime loss to the Bengals and a huge collapse when they were up 19 and because D Ford was offsides. He should be in five straight Super Bowls. It, 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 and the only reason he didn't win the other one is because it was all backup offensive linemen. I thought he played great in that one. Like Pat, Pat I'm just so worked up talking about it. Patrick is incredible. This post, this postseason, 72 of 100, 72% completion percentage, 703 yards, seven touchdowns, no pick. No picks. And he was the Super Bowl MVP. I'll take it a step further. These were his stats after the high ankle sprain. 62 of 88, 70% completion. 626 yards, six touchdowns, zero interceptions, 55 rushing yards, and a 113 passer rating. 
He threw 12 passes this postseason without the high ankle sprain. There is nothing that the sports media can, can conjure up. There is literally nothing. The only thing, the only thing that these fuck faces had, I, these guys are, they, they piss me off on TV. And it, it, all these people doubting the Chiefs. The only thing that they could cling to, and they had it for about 25 minutes, was that the refs should not have thrown the flag on James Bradbury. And what did Bradbury do in the post game? It was holding. Erased. The, the, the sports media is going to have the most difficult offseason of their entire life to try to find something to say because there is nothing, guys. There is not one thing that they can say. The, the worst thing that they can say is they can make fun of Patrick's wife and brother. And his brother was back on the field right after the game dicking around. So Which, there, what there's the nothing now. The Chiefs can't run the football. Well, and the, and the Chiefs can't stop the run. Well, uh, the Chiefs had 158 rushing yards, and the Eagles had 115. Well, the Chiefs don't have any standout linebackers on their defense. Well, Nick Bolton had nine tackles and a touchdown. Willie Gay had eight tackles, two tackles for losses, and uh, was blitzing off the edge like a madman. You know, wh what are these people going to say? Well, Patrick hasn't performed that great in Super Bowls. Well, he's a two-time Super Bowl champ, two-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time NFL MVP, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, and one-time Offensive Player of the Year. He's the face of the NFL, and he is the greatest thing to ever happen uh, to, to Kansas City sports. He's 4-2 and two in the postseason when down double digits. Both of his Super Bowl victories, they've been down double digits. That's why I texted you guys at halftime. There's never, there was never a doubt. I texted you guys before the second half started, and I said that I have to say this: they will 100% win this game. And I said it from the fucking start of this season. So I, ha I pat myself on the back of a lot, a lot. I'm kind of an asshole, but I nailed this. Yeah, yeah. I nailed this. Su MVP, Super Bowl MVP, and the Chiefs were going to win. Yeah, you absolutely nailed it, Johnny. You really did because I had Buffalo and Green Bay in the Super Bowl. <laughs> So you know, like as, a, as we the Packers last week, they suck. The Packers have they don't even know what to do. Is there the Packers have great fans, but is is their quarterback going to be Jordan Love or is it going to be the guy who's locking himself in a cabin with no cell phone for four days? Yeah, is that going to be their quarterback? So yeah, I'm freaking pumped, you guys. To wrap up the Super Bowl before we head over to a little postseason breakdown, I guess you can say as we as we move towards uh, the off season. Um, off-season season coming up, if you will. Philly goes down and scores a two-point conversion. Um, and when the Chiefs got the ball back, I had no doubt that we were winning the football game. I had none. And it feels really damn good to look back on that moment in time last night, not 24 hours ago, a little bit over, I guess, that we were going to win this football game when we got the ball back tied 35 all the Eagles had to go all the way down the field and get the two-point conversion and it was only tied I had no hesitation doubt nerves really outside of just getting down there and doing the damn thing I didn't have nerves that we couldn't do it we were gonna do it we got in the field goal range heads up play by Jarek McKinnon I was I was clamoring for seven just because I wanted – I just felt – I needed that security. But, again, these teams that have the head coach figured out who are in these situations, the Chiefs played the clock beautifully. They played it as 
perfect as you can. And they set up the game-winning field goal. The announcers tried to act like he was going to slip on the paint. People tried to tell me that today, that they were worried about that. It was a 20-yard kick in front <laughs> of the uprights. Like, seriously, if he missed that, he wouldn't be on the Chiefs next year. Like, he would his ass staying in Arizona. Staying in Arizona. Yeah. And so I was never worried about that kick. Not a chance in hell and the Chiefs knock it through and hold on for victory, 38-35. Blaine, you got any final thoughts on the game um, before we move on? No, I just – third and eight, Mahomes, that, that penalty on Bradbury. You know, I'm glad you said that, Johnny, because that was – you know, that that drive was not – Oh, you got you didn't get the ball at the 15 yard line. You know, there's so many people saying though, oh, that, that that call changed the game. The Chiefs started at the 25 opposite 12 plays to get to that point. I mean, total domination to get there before even that flag was called. I don't want to hear it. They dominated the second half outside of that. And I, I just really was so impressed by the completeness with the back, you know, even after that two-point conversion. Fuck, I thought. Fuck, fuck. Like I was pacing. Fuck. Couldn't stop. But respond. The calmness, the coolness from rookie to Pat to Travis to the offensive line. I mean, they knew they were going to win that football game just like you did, Johnny. And it was it was amazing to watch them go down the field on that last drive. Yep. Absolute trickle down effect. And so the Chiefs are Super Bowl 57 champions and will move into the 2023-2024 season with that target on their back. No general I'd rather have leading us to battle than Patrick Mahomes. Johnny, FIO co-host, long time now, did a little breakdown of the Chiefs roster. Going to run the listeners through here as we move towards the offseason. Just keep your eyes on because, unfortunately, when we do our sign-off here, FIO football edition, going to go away for a couple of weeks. It'll be good for the guys to get recharged, get that itch back for football, and we'll get into the offseason here. I would say sooner rather than later, but you never know. We might take a longer break. Johnny, the time is yours, brother. Bring it on. All right, so I had a little bit of time before the pod, and I've been looking forward to this all day. Um, I know you guys have too. I I love chatting ball with you guys, and like this result. <laughs> I'm so fired up for, for figuring it out podcasts going forward too. It's just so much fun. Um, so I, I just was kind of looking ahead because the Chiefs are in a unique position, right? I mean, they weren't supposed to win this year. It was a retooling year. You're not supposed to be able to win uh, with your quarterback having this much of the uh, of your team's salary cap, whatever. I saw a stat that was like the Chiefs are the first team to win the Super Bowl with the quarterback taking up over 12.5% of their cap, and Mahomes took up 17%. So the cap's going up, and I'm looking. There's going to be some decisions to make, and I need your guys' feedback too as I go through this. So if you have anything that you want to say, just give me a little sign or something like that. So we'll start on offense. Obviously, quarterbacks figured out. Patrick Mahomes, he's he's due forty six million dollars next year, which is like twenty percent of the cap. They'll probably do what they do every year and maybe spread that out a little bit. But obviously, he's the guy. Chad Henney's your backup, and I'm sure you guys saw Chad decided to call it a career last night. All the best to him going forward. Love Chad Henney and what he's done for this franchise. Um, not just what we've seen on the field with him stepping in in the playoffs against Cleveland, and then of course this year against uh, the Jags. But what he does behind the scenes that none of us see. Patrick loves Chad Henney, and uh, he's been a great mentor for Patrick and a great, a great representation of, of the Kansas City Chiefs. The third stringer is a guy named Shane Buchel, who's a free agent. They've, they kept him on the roster. He was a 
that you can't have three quarterbacks active, right? On game day. Is that kind of one of the new new rules people were uh, debating? So I don't know if they're going to bring Shane Buchel back, but backup quarterback is a big deal. I mean, it's a, it, it's not flashy, but it, it really matters with your team. So I expect the chiefs to maybe pursue something uh, there, whether it be a veteran or to bring Buchel back or something like that. Uh, Fullback and running back uh, Pacheco's under contract and CEH is going to go to the fourth uh, fourth year of his rookie contract. Clyde was healthy and was a scratch on game day. So he is a first round pick technically. So he has a fifth year option. That's still two years from now. It's like next year Clyde is under contract. And so I think he's due around $3 million. I would assume Clyde's going to be on the team next year. I don't think anybody's going to trade for him. But if they do, I'd be happy to take that. But the running backs that are under contract are Pacheco and CEH, which leaves McKinnon out of contract, Ronald Jones out of contract, and then fullback Michael Burton out of contract. And there are some guys on the practice squad that I didn't include in this. If we're surprised by a practice squad guy, uh, great. Moving on to – oh, Blaine, go. go. What do we do about Jarek? I mean, I think he wants to come back as a chief and kind of ride out. He's, I mean, what is he, 31 years old, right? Yeah. He's getting aged. I don't think he's going to have a massive – value on on the market do you or does he i i really don't know how to play that i think we sign him for a couple mil and be good yeah i think so absolutely um i think honestly i think next year you do what you've did what you've done this year with the running back room you make clyde i i really think that they started clyde at the number one spot this year for training camp and so it took him longer to slide down i think this year He's going to go into training camp number three or number four, depending on maybe they find somebody in the draft in a later round. In my opinion, I don't think running back would be the worst position to draft later on, not anywhere near the front of our draft. But um, bring him back, dude. Bring Jarek back, please. He's, he still has years left on the tires for sure. Johnny? Yeah, I would be interested in the same thing, just a similar deal. You can just keep coming back on one-year deals yeah. and – make a great living and be on the best team. I mean, and what Jarek does and Chandler called this out way before the year, his pass pro is amazing. He's a great receiver, knows the playbook, reliable. He had like one fumble this year and he never fumbles the ball. Um, so I, I got one yeah, more thing to, to yeah. a, a bit of a question and we might, we might just turn this into a, uh, a little spitball sesh here, but um, I know how good Pacheco was, and I'm not really pissed about it, but we didn't really use Jarek in the playoffs at all. I was expecting more usage. Um, any any thoughts on that? I guess I have why, – my one thought would be that Pacheco proved that he could catch the football. Is that probably – I think that's exactly it, too. And I think the tendencies were very high. When Jarek came in, I mean, it was, it was usually true passing down, so I think they tried to flirt with the personnel – that right. way it's not too predictable. But, no, I think Pacheco definitely proved he could catch the ball, especially late in that Cincinnati game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I just think what Jarek brings to the table is awesome. You have plenty of draft picks coming up in the next draft. You can always take a running back in the middle rounds, and, you know, Pacheco's a seventh-rounder. It's like they, know, they can evaluate running back, you know, other than Clyde. So uh, I like that. On Pacheco's touchdown, Jarek pulled like a guard. Yeah. Jarek was the Jarek pulled across the formation like a guard and so lit sick. somebody up in the end zone. So like and he's like not the tallest dude. He's got like that high pitched voice and he's hilarious and he is just dense. Like he is just awesome. And like not like Clyde. Like Clyde's like still like 
two, three inches shorter than Jarek. Like Clyde stinks. He's Clyde, the worst player. He is the worst player on the team. Clyde is like a pudgy dense, where Jarek <laughs> is like shredded up and dense. Clyde. Clyde just, is so pudgy. I feel like Clyde <laughs> just has a, a bad diet and doesn't care and just fucking Clyding around out there. Sorry. We're getting on a tangent. So that's that's running back, and uh, we'll transition to – let's do wide receiver next. So under contract, MVS will be in the second year of his three-year deal. It's really a two-year deal, that Brett Veach special, where he does like the third-year option, two years guarantee, basically. So MVS, who didn't have a single catch, he had one target. Um, which Greg Olson seemed to think was a bad route run yeah, by MVS. Uh, Turned the I wrong always, way. I always think it's going to be on the receiver. How could it ever be on Pat? Pat's so fucking good. You know? So, But MVS will be back, and he was huge in the AFC Championship game. Kadarius is back, and keep in mind, he, Veach traded a third and a sixth for Kadarius, who is in his second year of his first-round rookie contract, which means we have him under contract for three more years. Oh. And the third round pick that Brett Veach traded was the compensatory pick for Ryan Poles going to be the GM of the Bears. So we never really had it anyway. It's like when you go into the casino and they're like, here's 200 bucks of free play and you just throw it down on black on, on roulette. Like, Hello. okay, whatever, I lost, but it was free money. So it's like, that's so sick. And Kadarius only played six snaps for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but was, I mean, he's such a dynamic weapon. So uh, he'll be around, of course, Sky Moore is in the second year of his rookie contract. Here's two names for you guys that no one's really talking about, and they have the same last name. One, the Chiefs have John Ross. Yes, former first-round pick John Ross on their roster um, for next year. And keep in mind, he was the guy who was taken before Patrick in that draft by Cincinnati. Uh, so John Ross, 4-2 speed, is on the roster. And Justin Ross, who we were excited about, was on the, was injured all year and was in, in the building, and he was with the team at the Super Bowl, 6'4", 210, Justin Ross, if he can stay healthy, might be a, a weapon for this team going forward. So that's some stuff that made me excited. Out of contract, Nicole. Yeah. Oh, shoot. We'll talk to you. Thanks yeah, for Nicole. your service, Nicole. We'll never talk to you again. Enjoy your pelvis. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole and his pelvis are going to be on a team in the NFC South. I guarantee it. He's, uh, next he's year. an Atlanta foul. Somebody's going to spend way too much money on him. Way too much. He's he's an Atlanta Falcon. I hope he's a Chicago Bear just for fun's sake. <laughs> Put him in the north. Uh Justin Watson, who had a really nice catch for the Chiefs yesterday. I think it was a second down catch. Maybe he had two catches last night. Did he have two catches? One, two catch. one for nine, I think. Oh, he had two. Uh, okay. He had two catches. Two for twelve, I think. I I remember right. I'll, yeah, I'll think... confirm. One was over the middle of the field, and then the other one was when I thought they were going to blow the two-minute warning. Yeah. And they ended up not, which was sick. But the ref was taking his sweet-ass time getting to the line of the scrimmage. I think it, I think they probably should have blown the whistle there. But uh, he's out of contract. And then, of course, Juju is going is out of contract, too. Uh, would be nice to have him back. But, guys, like I was, I was going to say this earlier. I don't think they need to bring Juju back. That's the thing. Cause he might get like 15, 16 plus million a year. And here's why in the games that Juju missed this year, those were sky Moore's best games, like production wise, volume wise. And Juju, what Fair. Juju gave the chiefs, what, like you said, it was like five, five catches for 60 or seven or 50 or whatever seven, it was. Seven for 53, seven for 53 sky Moore will give you that every game next year. If he, if that's his full role. So I'd love to have Juju back. I really would, but they don't have to have Juju back. You guys have any thoughts on the receivers? Yeah, I, I think it's massive to point out that Juju is going to be really. I was looking at this. 
Alan Lazard, Sterling Shepard, and what's the other one? I think Jacoby Myers are the biggest names in wide receiver free agency. I think you're completely correct in the fact that out of one of those guys who you're paying, I'm probably paying Juju, and somebody's going to. So there's competition for us, plenty. Yeah. Now, any uh, – I mean, you win a Super Bowl in your first year here. The writing's kind of on the wall that you can get back to that point and probably win a few more. I mean, does Juju take a very friendly deal to stay? But it's got to be friendly. I mean, I think it's got to be – I mean, what, like 10, 11 is the max million? I mean, it can't get He's much never gotten the that. big bag. That's what that's what worries me, right? Rookie wow. contract. I think he was like a second rounder. So rookie contract for the Steelers. Then he signs a one year, like eight mil. Right. And then a one year, $3 million base with the Chiefs. And he got a bunch of incentives. Um, by playing like half the snaps in the Super Bowl and something else, he got an extra mil for, through that Super Bowl. So um, he's never gotten the big bag in the second contract. So that, you know, a team like you mentioned, Blaine, just a second ago, like Chicago who's got a hundred mil to spend and not that many places to spend it might go get Juju. So that might be uh, something they do, but yeah, I don't know if you guys, do you guys have any faith in Justin Ross? I get super excited about him. Yeah, I can't, I can't get excited. I can't, but I understand it completely. Understand. I'm putting some the guy stock, was, I'm putting some stock in Justin Ross. He was a freak at Clemson, dude. He was just, he was unreal. The guy was on the chiefs team for like a week before they ended up putting him on like the reserve injured list. And in that week, I remember they posted like they were doing like OTAs or something. Mm -hmm. And they posted like two social media clips of him making catches. They never do that. Name me another like how much how many times do they put fucking Cornell Powell on their media social media page? You know what I'm saying? Like they obviously know he's fucking good. And Mahomes and Kelsey like talked about him. Like all that happened in like a week. Mm -hmm. Like if this guy can just somehow stay healthy, which is a huge if. You know, Kadarius is some, someone that kind of struggles with that too. So that remains to be seen. You guys want me going to tight end? Are we good? Okay. Tight end, Travis Kelsey and Noah Gray are under contract. Jody and Blake Bell are not. I'd love to have Jody back. I mean, I could, I'd like, if all, if, if Blake comes back too, that would be great. Just team, you know, team deals. But um, I, I really like all four of those guys. You guys have anything to add? No. Looking for Noah Gray to take another step. He's been, he's been a pleasant surprise, right? He was like, what, a, fi a fifth round pick? At yeah. Duke, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's fine. Decent night last night as well. Caught that screen, got upfield a little bit. I like. I wonder, like, the Chiefs just don't need to like add anything else at tight end. They're getting plenty of production out of the position. I mean, obviously with Travis, but beyond Travis, they get plenty of production out of the position. And guys, they block well. The Chiefs run a ton of snaps out of the red zone in twelve and thirteen personnel. And the Chiefs, like I mentioned before, I, or did I mention this, or one of you guys did? I can't remember, but you know, the Chiefs had the most touchdowns in the league out of in the red zone. Now they had like probably the most chances, but the Chiefs were more successful than we thought in the red zone this year. So um, that's where yeah. we're at there. I'm last thing is just you know Travis doesn't have very many years left. You, if, if Noah Gray's your guy and you want to keep him in there in the system, you keep. Or if you think Jody may be the future, you get him and you you sign him for a long term deal because I mean somebody's got to be there to establish. And I don't know. I just don't know how long Travis has. Uh, offensive line. God, Travis is so good. He is so good. He sorry. Hold on, offensive line. Travis on that first drive <laughs> oh, was ridiculous, dude. That catch he had is such a difficult catch, tracking oh. that ball over your head. Absolute dime from Patrick. But there was a route Travis had. I think it might have been on the missed field goal drive where they showed it the replay, and he 
He breaks over the middle and runs a little comeback route, and the linebacker oh. went flying. I mean, the field was terrible last night. We don't, I, it was a joke, but the linebacker went flying like they pulled the rug from underneath him. So Travis is just so freaking good. Um, offensive line, under contract. Joe Tooney, phenomenal player. Creed Humphrey, Lucas Niang, Trey Smith, Darian Kennard. Out of contract, Orlando Brown, who's likely to get the franchise tag for the second year in a row. I'm totally fine with that. Andrew Wiley, out of contract, bring his ass back. And then yep. Nick Allegretti, who's, I think, a really a very serviceable uh, fill-in guard. I'd be totally fine bringing him back. And then, of course, the rest of the guys are kind of like like Prince Tega Winogo, who is a special teams lineman and stuff like that. So, like, I mean, if you want to bring them back, great. But I, I think all three of those linemen I'd like back. What say you guys? Yeah, I think Orlando Brown, as long as he signs the franchise tag, please come back. Um, I don't know why he wouldn't. I really don't. Because I still think the teams know that he's not a true left tackle. Like, he wasn't a left tackle in Baltimore. He didn't get this start in the league as a left tackle in in Baltimore. Um, the Chiefs converted him, and it's taken a bit. There's been some growing pains here and there. People have been, you know, a lot of pressure on him, but he played phenomenal yesterday. Are you kidding yeah. me? And especially, I would say, if Orlando Brown had a weakness, it would be speed rushers. And what is Hassan Reddick? A speed rusher. And he was non-existent last night. Non-existent. It was awesome to see. Bring those guys back. Love Allegretti. There's really something that there's really something about having consummate pros on the team. And he is. He can play both guards. I would imagine he might be able to play a little center if Creed were to go down. Um, he's just a freaking awesome guy to have available, ready, because offensive line is such a difficult position. I mean, Tooney missed what three games this year? It's just going to happen. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to miss games, and the guy's got to be ready to go, and Allegretti seems to always answer that call. I love the O-line, Johnny. I love him. Bring him back, Blaine. I'm all, I'm big on Wiley. I think that guy and Pat have something together being – he's drafted at the same time as Pat, right? or undrafted, I guess, obviously, but came through the system at the same time as Pat. Pat went around the locker room, like, hugging every player, you know, taking their hands, and the longest hug he had was with Andrew Wiley. I think there's a connection that's just – he's so proud of Andrew Wiley. I think Andrew Wiley is really bought into the Chiefs organization, and I I think there's no chance Wiley's going. Now, Orlando, I just – it matters if we sign somebody free agent wide receiver or what we decide to do outside of it. I, if that's where we're going to put our money, I, I agree with you. Do it. But, I mean, he's going to get – a fucking bag guys and paying both of those guys at the same time is going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah, I agree. I, it's, I just think it's another one year. There's it, just bring back the same offensive line. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, yeah. So, and, and, and like if Orlando were to not be on the team, like what is your alternative? Do you trade him to Chicago? Uh, do it, you know, or you wouldn't even trade him because he would be out of contract. Do you, so do you forego putting the, the tag on him? let him go to Chicago and then like sign Taylor Lewan, who's like going to be a free agent. Like he had a terrible year. So like, I think it's just, or, I think, yeah, I think it's just keep the line. The yeah. Same. Yeah. Have to. And then obviously keep drafting offensive linemen and then really keep left tackle of the future in, in your plans. Okay. That's offense. Let's go over defense and get the hell out of here for this pod. Uh, defensive line. A lot of guys here. So I'll fly through them. Frank Clark is under contract technically, but he's due $30 million against the cap. They're not going to give that to Frank. So no. I, I, and, and I thought he, you know, I, I think it is an, is a possibility he retires. I still think that, 
Um, maybe or maybe he's back with the Chiefs on a team friendly deal. I'd love I'd love that. I'd love to have him back. In fact, guys, the shit that I talked on Frank Clark, he he didn't have the best game in the Super Bowl, but his emotion after the game and like the pride he does take in this when the chiefs are successful is like a drug to me. I, I, I fucking love Frank Clark. I think I really do. It's like a, he annoys the shit out of me at times when he's talking that talk, when he, when, when he's going through his ups and ups and downs, but his relationship with big red is like, as a dad, it makes me super emotional to talk about. So it's like, I I, I love I love Frank Clark. If he wants to come back on a team friendly deal, great. He's not he's not getting 30 though. Chris Jones, 28, he's technically technically under contract too. 28.2 million. If he is cut, he is at 7 mil uh, dead cap. If we extend him, of course it's going to look differently. I I want them to bring Chris back. I would not totally rule out them trading Chris. I know that's crazy and after this postseason run it would break our hearts and it definitely would it might be a good form of business to consider or hear what people would offer for, 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 uh, for, for Chris Jones. So I want to hear you guys thoughts on that after I get through these other names, Mike Dana, not sure who that is, but no it idea. says he's under contract. George Karloftis, Josh Kando, Malik Herring, never heard Colin. of him. <laughs> who are they? Yeah. Um, I think Colin's out of contract. Is he okay? Yeah, oh, wait, so I wasn't sure if he was if he because I, I thought I heard something, but I okay, good to know. I I think he's out of contract, um, because I didn't see him on that spot uh, spot track list. So out of contract, Dunlap, Naughty, Saunders, and Tershawn Wharton, who spent a lot of the year on injured reserve. So okay, guys, definitely want to hear your thought. Uh, let's start with Blaine. Blaine, yeah, talk to us about all the defensive line guys. I. Uh, I, Chris is just still in his prime. You, you just can't get rid of that guy. And it means so much for our young secondary to have and continue to develop with a defensive line that could do that. I mean, you, you pay whatever you need to going down the future. I know it's a possibility to open up things, but they're just the free agency market just isn't good enough for what value we could get. And I think we did Tyreek at the right time. And if you go Chris and that's like, boom, boom, like gut punch, gut punch. I know Mahomes can keep it up, but I just I think that smells bad. It really does. Everyone else, I mean, you just these are plug and play guys at the start of the year. We were asking, who the fuck are you? You know, who? Who is 51? You know, bring no back no on idea. a three mil, you know, middle of the pack type of deal and see what happens. I think the Chiefs paid the number one or the Chief defensive line was the number one paid unit in all of football uh, at the defensive line standpoint. And so you just got to figure out Frank and everything else will be just fine. Pay Chris, pay Chris down the road. All you have to pay. Yeah. Uh, Frank is interesting. In my opinion, I'm fine either way. Um, I really, I do like him, but I'm also not really, I'm not really that attached to him. If he wasn't on the team again, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I know we had a really awesome stretch in the postseason, but until then guys, where was he all season? Chris yeah. Jones, um, I'm on. I'm in Blaine's camp. I think Johnny probably is too. I, we got to have him back. Um, I know what we could get for him, but he's the best defensive tackle in football right now. I mean, Aaron Donald's on the back hill slide, and I think that Chris Jones is probably on the other side of the peak in terms of his career, but he's still right up at the top. I mean, he he's just now coming down in terms of his of his age, and so. 
it's it's going to be difficult because it's going to have to be it's going to have to be a bag. But I do I do believe that Chris will take a more team friendly deal. Now I know he wants to get paid and he deservedly so, but I think he could shave off a couple million just to make it a little bit more friendly for the Chiefs. As for the rest of the room, love Carl Loftus, love what he did in his rookie season. His sack numbers weren't there like we thought they might be, but I thought his activity was ridiculous. And he just kind of continued to improve all year. And I think that's a huge testament to Joe Cullen, who Johnny got us uh, turned on to big time in the offseason. His improvement from week one to week, whatever, 19, 20, whatever it is, uh, as of yesterday, was obvious. And so I think the sky's the limit for him. I love an earlier round, like an early draft or earlier draft pick from the Chiefs perspective of going either interior D lineman or another edge rusher, in my opinion. If you could get somebody pretty good at 32, take a flyer on somebody. I mean, it's not going to hurt. I preach depth on the defensive line on the podcast all the time. You you can't have enough of it. So for the guys that we don't really know who they are, they're kind of a bit of SOL, I would imagine. So, Johnny, right? I mean, yeah, Blaine, go ahead. I, this is a this is a spot where we could spend some money too, guys, from free agency or somewhere else. Just because everywhere else on this defense, I mean, you got Willie, you have Nick, you got your secondary. Like this is a this is a spot you could really have some fun with. Start plugging in a few pieces, and I I think they're going to. Here's the Johnny Rowe. Um, crazy high thought shout out legal weed, uh, helping me celebrate last night. Um, bring Frank Clark back on a, a fine deal. Okay. And somehow get Aaron Donald on this team. Pay Chris Jones for one year, pay Chris Jones, a, an extension where a lot of the money, you know, spread the money out, give him a nice signing bonus, right now where the first year of the contract like Brett Veach usually does is a low cap hit, right? And then somehow get Aaron Donald on this team. And I think, you know, the Rams are a team that is starving for draft picks. The Chiefs are a team that is has a surplus of of draft picks. And Aaron Donald would be with Chris Jones would be something that the NFL would absolutely love to to advertise. So I mean, I know that's a long shot, but that would be the Johnny Rowe high thought of the podcast. Uh, linebacker position, it's all locked up. Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, and Leo Chanel. And I actually thought Leo, guys, last night, obviously a guy I was super, super excited about. Um, had a lot of rookie growing pains, but did show some flashes. Had some rough, two, I remember two rough snaps earlier in the in the football game. Uh, but then he had some some good plays. And actually, all of our linebackers really impressed me. Obviously, we talk a lot about Willie Gay and, and Nick Bolton, but the linebackers had a big big uh, a tall task last night and it's on those early downs when Jalen likes to keep the ball on the read and w- the discipline that we had was great mm. from the linebackers and got multiple plays for no gain or loss uh two two from Willie Gay I believe so I uh, really liked what I saw from the linebackers there and for so long that was a position that in the the gray area between Derek Johnson and where we are now was a position of, of of struggle. And so I think that they are in a great position at linebacker. I would not rule Willie Gay out for an extension this this offseason uh, because he is going into the final year of his rookie deal, uh, second round pick. Any thoughts there, guys? Should I go to the DBs? Keep going. Keep it rolling. All right, DBs, 
everybody is pretty much under contract. Justin Reed, Trent McDuffie, LJ, Brian Cook, Josh Williams, Jalen Watson, and Nazi Johnson, who's been a he was a seventh rounder at a Marshall, but he's been a special teams guy for us, which has been nice. I wanted to highlight Jalen Watson, who made an a phenomenal tackle last night on a Goddard screen. Do you guys remember that play? Mm-hmm. Goddard behind Goddard. it. Um, what a tackle he he had. Uh, Goddard probably would have had a 30 or 40 yard gain because the, all the Eagles linemen was out in front. And I don't know if you guys ever have ever heard this, but whenever I notice like screens, my dad who who raised me on Chiefs football and used to take me to all the games and we had season tickets as a kid. Dad was an uh, dad was a lineman and he whenever he sees screens like that he would just yell at the top of his lungs and usually like not that many people are talking but you know you see balls snapped true football guy a little bit of a pause and then you see the linemen start to pull and while that ball's in the air going to the screen my dad would always yell beef beef in front of him beef <laughs> and so whenever i saw that i yelled there i yelled beef and here comes watson just knifing in there making a great tackle and so Guys, he's a seventh seventh round pick, and all these guys, you know, McDuffie, Cook, Williams, Watson, Johnson, they're all rookies, man, and they're all under contract going forward. The only DB that contributes that's out of contract is Juan Thornhill. I'd be very curious if they bring Juan back. Mm. He had had a couple good plays last night. Yeah. What do you guys think about the DBs, and and, and Juan specifically, too? Well, yeah, go ahead, Chandler. In my opinion... The safeties drastically improved throughout the season. I think that Juan might have played himself into a new deal. I really do. Because the first six weeks of the season, they were nowhere on the field. We were really playing. It felt like 11 on nine on the defensive side of the football. And I think it was just maybe a little bit of spags trying to keep everybody in front the whole time. Our safeties were playing really deep. But once we seem to get a lot more confidence in our corners, which makes sense, McDuffie out the first four weeks of the season or whatever it was, and a bunch of new guys playing, you kind of have to have some extra protection over the top with our safeties. And once the corners proved that they belonged and could play in this league, the safeties got more and more active. And I thought Juan Thornhill played a really good game. Uh, On that Quez Watkins it was a drop. It wasn't um it it wasn't a breakup by any stretch of the imagination. But I thought Juan, outside of being able to knock the ball away, was in a perfect position to make that a very difficult catch. And sometimes as a DB, that's all you can do. So I love Juan going forward. I think he's a team guy. I think he's a glue guy back there. He knows the system. This is the kind of year where you look forward to the next season and you're like, well. Yeah, but he knows what we're going to do, and he can play in the system at a high level. I'm bringing Juan back. I'll fly, yeah. plant, I'll fly plant that right now. Bring him back. Get him with Jay Reed. You had two safeties back there, and we talked about it all year. The communication is so key. If you know who's playing to the left, to the right of you, it's so much easier in the offseason and, and training camp moving forward to get better and better and better. It just is. There's no growing pains. So yep. bring him back. Blaine, what do you think? That's exactly it. I mean, this defense is hard to learn for those young guys coming in with Spags. And Juan was a guy that knew it and had been in it and and had played there. And if you have to restart and get – now Jay Reed does it. But if you have to restart again at safety, I just don't like that. He knows it. Get him in there to keep doing well. He plays well enough. Agree, Chandler. 
something that I was looking at too. I just, I have uh, spoke track spot rack, whatever the hell that website's called up here. just the contract website. I'm looking at the safeties that are free agents and Juan plays typically plays free, right. For, for the chiefs, right. He's free. He's free. If we have a single high, he's the guy deep center field safety. You know, if the chiefs are looking to spend money, like I'm trying to think, are the chiefs looking to act like to spend big money anywhere? Right. I, I, I can't, it's hard for me to find anywhere. I mean, I guess maybe back on the defensive line, right. Or keeping some of their own guys, but one, the marquee free safety free agent is going to be Jordan Poyer out of Buffalo. And so I don't know if the Chiefs are going to want to invest that much money into safety. I don't Hell think they no. should. I don't think they should. I'd rather just have Juan back than than to put a bunch of money in there. But um, something to something to monitor there. Fuck Buffalo. Chandler was so out ahead uh, ahead of that, and definitely like that. Okay, last thing, and then let's wrap it up, guys. The specialists. Uh, Harrison Butker is under contract for next year, and so is James Winchester. By the way, great snaps from James last night. I thought on all fronts on on the punt on the kicks. Um, Tommy Townsend is out of contract, but he is Ooh. a res- he is a restricted free agent, which means that the Chiefs can match. He can sign with any team, but the Chiefs can match or they can tender him. They can chicken tender him. Uh, but they're going to bring Tommy back. He was an all pro. So to- to- Tommy's going to play on the Chiefs. I mean, and that's part of the thing, too, which is great, guys. You know, it, I said earlier, and this is a good way to segue into the closing of this. I said earlier, this is like my fairy tale because for so long, like, the Chiefs lost players to better teams with better chances to win Super Bowls. Nobody wants to go anywhere. Why would anybody want to leave the Chiefs? The only way to get a person away from the Chiefs, the Chiefs is to dangle Tyreek Hill money in front of them, and then they'll just go for go for that. I mean, nobody wants to leave this team. You guys saw that locker room, the sideline, how much these guys love each other. They're just, we're, we're just in an amazing position. So as we go forward, it'd be fun to monitor free agency, which starts March 15th, and then after free agency comes the draft. That is the 2023-24 Chiefs roster after talking about the Super Bowl 57 champion Kansas City Chiefs defeat the Philadelphia Eagles last night 38-35 to win their second Super Bowl in the Patrick Mahomes era. Boys, we've reached the point, end of the season, the Figure It Out podcast football edition is, is coming to a close here. Johnny gave you the dates. I would imagine we'll be back around those dates um, in particular. Boys, hell of a ride of a season. Really appreciate your guys' time. I know how much you guys say you love being on here, but it really is. Uh, it's a time commitment. Um, we all have shit going on, and and for you guys to to bring it every week makes this job a little bit easier. I really appreciate you guys. More than you could ever know, Johnny Blaine, appreciate your time. We're Super Bowl champions. By the way, Figure It Out podcast is now a Super Bowl champion. First time <laughs> we've had a Super Bowl recap. So what a way to end Victory Monday with the biggest one of them all, boys, huh? So awesome. Thank you so much, Chandler. All the listeners, this has been a, this is a hell of a last few weeks, even a, even a hell of a season too. Hurt my liver a little bit, but man, that was fun to watch. Fun to do. Love you guys. It, I think it grows back, right? <laughs> yeah. Regenerate. Yeah. Johnny, we're good. All right, boys. Go Chiefs, baby. Podcast. Follow us on all social media. We love Chiefs. you guys. Chiefs. Go Chiefs.